1: your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back in to a brand new episode of the show. It is a beautiful Friday here on August 14th from the South Stance to the end zone. You are Lockdown Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited. Not only because it's Friday, but because today's episode of the show is brought to you by Built Bar, where you can go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Bilt Bar is back, and better than ever, and I'll tell you about them a little bit later on as the show progresses. But as I had mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody and Phil, You can follow the show at Lockdown Broncos. Hope you guys like the new intro music. Got a little bit of a vibe to it. And I'm with it here on this beautiful Friday. Today's episode of the show, as I mentioned, with Friday, it is Fan Friday. We asked Broncos Country to ask us their most burning questions that they got going on. And we respond to all of them. You know, it ranges from how are the Broncos going to utilize Tim Patrick? Which rookie is the most slept on right now? The questions were great from you listeners in Broncos Country. And I can't wait to answer them all on today's jam-packed episode of the show. Just a reminder to make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, our good friends over there at Spotify, to receive this podcast every single day. So ladies and gentlemen, happy Friday. Let's kick things off with today's first question here on Fan Friday, and it comes in from Joe Rouse, Joe Rouse underscore NFL. He asked me the question, what role do you see for the following players in 2020? He gives me a list of five players here, Tim Patrick, Demarcus Walker, Isaac Adam, Jake Butt. And Justin Sternit. Uh, starting things off here with Tim Patrick. I have proclaimed it. You guys have heard me say it. I have banged the table. And I've said that after film review this summer, seeing where the Broncos are at, seeing the youth that they have really outside of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. We know that KJ Hamler a speed guy, but look, it's going to take him some time to get acclimated. Tim Patrick's six foot four size is so hard to ignore, ladies and gentlemen. I think Tim Patrick's going to be the team's number three wide receiver here in 2020. terms of Demarcus Walker, next up on your list, I think he's going to be battling it out with Christian Covington for that last spot. Now, really, for the Broncos, it would not cost them much money to part ways with Covington. He is a guy that you know started in six games for the Cowboys last season. You want to factor that in? He played in more action. He played in all 16 games in 2019. Demarcus Walker did not. So, if you're looking at snap comparisons overall, you can look at Covington as the guy that comes in with the advantage, but Demarcus Walker, like I said said, when when he stepped onto the football field last year, good things happened for the Broncos specifically on third down, even on first down. He was a great anchor there at the defensive end position for the Broncos when he was healthy, and then he had that ankle injury and the shoulder injury, and that's where we really got to see Draymond Jones rise up a little bit. Now, Isaac Yadam is next up on the list in terms of the type of role that he asked me, where I see them in 2020. I think that Yadam's going to be a rotational player. We know the Broncos have alluded to the fact that they may go with a dime package. That's a 6 dB set they may have as many as, as you know different guys mixed and matched they may take an extra lineman out even put an extra guy in and then they might add in justin stern as well so you might have six dbs but you might have a coverage angle linebacker so you're really trying to go with as many covered guys as possible uh, i think yadam is going to be in the mix for that obviously he's going to have to have a strong camp he had a great finish to the 2019 season he finished on a high note but now the pressure is on for yadam here in 2020. If you guys have been enjoying practice, uh, if you're listening to this podcast here this morning, the Broncos will be practicing. There'll be a live stream at denverbroncos.com and the Broncos social media feeds, so you guys can kind of follow along there. Steve is going to be a guest analysis for Broncos camp. Be sure to check that out. denverbroncos.com. They'll live stream it, get all the action, what's going on around training camp for the Denver Broncos. Jake Butt, this is uh, this is tough. When I, you know, I said he's going to likely be cut, and it's nothing indicative of who Jake Butt is. I just think that really the writing's on the wall. The Broncos have three solidified guys there, tight end position, and they have four spots open overall for that final and fourth spot on the Broncos tight end depth chart. You have Austin Ford, you have Troy Fumagalli, you have Andrew Beck, and then you have Jake Butt. Those four players are going to be battling it out. Now, there could be the weird scenario where the Broncos do keep a fullback, which would be Beck, even though that Shermer doesn't really have a history of utilizing a fullback much. He could get dicey a little bit. He could get creative, considering the weapons and all the talent that they do have. So that could be a possibility. But it's going to be hard for Jake Butt to really, without playing since 2018, not having as much game tape out there. I mean, he has a couple games there overall. Tore his ACL. He tried playing in the preseason last year. It just it wasn't a great outcome for him. And it wasn't his fault. I mean, coming off of a knee injury, it's hard. It's one of the most difficult things to battle back from. It's just going to be hard for Jake Butt. I think he's got the longest climb on the Broncos roster in terms of making it. When it comes to Justin Sternit, I think he's going to have an immediate role on special teams for Tom McMahon and the Broncos. He's very open to that idea. He says that he's got to make hay on special teams first before he can expect anything on the defensive side of the ball. I do think that at some point during the season, probably around week six, I think he transitions into a key player in some of the Broncos sub-packages Defensively, So, Joe, hey, thank you for your question here on Fan Friday. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate that uh, question there as well. We, we dove a little bit deeper into that. So, yes. Uh, Polish Filipino. He says, how do you envision the Denver Broncos using their remaining 2020 cap space, if any at all? I don't think they're going to use much of it. Now, obviously, the Juwan James opt-out frees up a lot of money for them. They were previously at $16.3 million and that freed up a lot. I believe they're now at $29 million, if not mistaken. But they're not going to really touch that. You want to have cap flexibility. When Juwan James comes back in 2021, guess what? His salary is back on the books. So you really can't account for that much freedom in your salary cap. The Broncos will likely have more space open up as they start to release guys, but I don't think that they're really going to make any kind of big moves here. I don't think they're going to bring anybody else in at this point unless some kind of injury happens to a player in camp. I just don't see that being a possibility. So having that cap space, having that cap freedom I think is a great thing too. Considering that the NFL, there's not going to be a lot of fans in most of the stadiums and that's going to impact overall team revenue. I don't think that the NFL, I don't think the Broncos specifically want to spend money to where they may have to find a way to come up with more money and they may be releasing some key guys that have some big contracts. I I just don't know if that's going to be the right move here for the Denver Broncos. So Polish Filipino, my man, hey, happy Friday, my friend. I appreciate you. Nick Dine is up next. He says, who is the most slept on player on this Broncos roster and do the Broncos bring in any more Middle linebacker help. You know, Nick, this is a great question. I think really I had to sit back and think long and hard about who is the most slept on player on the Broncos roster. You're going to have many people come out and say it's DeMarcus Walker, which I think you can make a case for him. But for me, I've said it all offseason. I think that regardless of what the Broncos moves have been this offseason, I think Tim Patrick has been the most slept on player for this Broncos team. He was primed for a big role in the Broncos offense last season. Broke his hand against the Raiders. Don't forget, too. I mean, I, I you can always go back to that, uh, that uh, I believe it was Christmas Eve game at Oakland where Tim Patrick caught that one-handed catch in between a cover-two fade and John Gruen told him to shut the F up. Yeah, I mean, Tim Patrick is a big play-type guy. He's a possession-type receiver. He's the type of player you may want as a security blanket. And I think that he hasn't been talked about it. Everyone's been talking about Judy, which is great. Everyone's been talking about Sutton, which is great. Everyone's been talking about Hamler, which is also great considering his speed element. But look, I do think that Tim Patrick is going to be a player that really has a big season for the Broncos here in 2020. Now, in terms of the middle linebacker position overall here, Nick, I'd have to say that I don't think they're going to bring anybody else in. I would be very shocked if that were the case. The only way I can see that happening is if somebody got injured. But even if somebody got injured, it doesn't necessarily make sense because when you consider Todd Davis, Alexander Johnson, projected to be the starting inside backers for the Broncos here in 2020. Matt Williamson, the senior NFL analyst at Pro Football Network, had ranked the top 25 inside linebackers in the National Football League. And Alexander Johnson came in at number 10 on the list, despite the fact that we've only seen him one season. That is great recognition there, great praise, because Matt Williamson is a former scout. So you like to have that scout's eye a little bit, but Johnson received some praise here from Williamson in his top 25 rankings. Those are going to be the two projected stars. Now behind him, you got Justin Stern. He's going to have a role here for the Broncos. Joe Jones, obviously a key special teams player, special teams captain for the Broncos. Josh Watson's also another one of those guys that got some experience last year in 2019. More than likely, I think he's going to be on the outside looking in. He may be a practice squad player, but I think really the Broncos too deep at each position. I think you got Davis Johnson. I think you got Stern and, and Joe Jones there. Josh Watson, like I said, you know he gained some favor from Dick Fangio in the 2019 preseason, but there's still a lot of room in his game. That He has to grow, in my opinion, going forward. And Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to continue our discussion here, Fan Friday, answering listeners' questions on Twitter, at NFL. But before we do that, i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. It's our good friends over there at Bilt Bar. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Bilt Bar is back, and they are better than ever. They're even more delicious than before, and they have 18 amazing flavors. They've got six new ones. You have the 12 original flavors as well. You guys know that my favorite was the peanut butter brownie Bilt Bar and the toffee almond one. Those two were my go-to's. Yeah. <laughs> But now they have six new flavors. They have caramel brownie. They have cookies and cream, which is damn good as well. Cherry Barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and even apple almond crisp. They are lighter. They are fluffier. And they are more candy bar than ever before. And this time they introduce even better macros. Each bar contains 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. And if you thought Bilt Bar tasted better before, wait till you try them now. They are back. They are better than ever. They have made the comeback here in the fourth quarter. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to get your hands on a beautiful box of Built Bar today because not only is it healthy for you, it helps you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a very delicious treat. And the cool part about it is you can receive a free cooler with purchase only while supplies last. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at builtbar.com. They're back, baby. Let me tell you something, man. These built bars are phenomenal. Ladies and gentlemen, like, seriously, I can't wait for you guys to try one. Uh, so like I said, get yourself a box here today. A promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. But let's continue our conversation here on this beautiful Fan Friday all across Broncos country. You guys sent in some heat today. Zach Seegers of Broncos Pro Football Network sent in a question. He says, What is the position or the position group on the roster that you think isn't getting enough love from either the media or or the fans. I, I've i been outspoken about it. I think it's the cornerback position. Everybody's been saying that, you know, the Broncos should still go out there and get Logan Ryan. I just don't think that it's conducive to what the broncos plans are here so far this upcoming season and what i mean by that is the reality is the broncos they brought in aj Boyer they hope that he can be the guy that he was in 2017 they're making that investment in him there with vic fangio and also with ed Donatello, a number two guy really they're going to be banking on bryce callahan to stay healthy here in 2020 and if callahan can't remain healthy let's say he just gets injured again let's say something happens Duke Dawson will play that nickel role here for the Broncos. Or it could be Michael Ojemudi, who is going to be that hybrid defensive back type here in Fangio's defensive scheme. Then you have Devontae Bosby, who I think is going to be the team's outside cornerback. Like I said, what we saw from him in a small sample size was impressive. He's got to earn it in training camp. And then when the regular season comes around, if he does earn that spot, He's got to maintain that. And the thing I like about Bosby is that he does break on the football very quickly. He's a perfect zone cover corner in Vic Fangio's defense. He's got great technique. He's got great instincts, great hips, great footwork. You can see that in his offseason training videos. He's been putting in a lot of work this offseason. And I think for him, just having that newfound lease on life. I mean, for example, he was paralyzed for 30 minutes during the Chargers game in Week 5. Imagine going through that th- for 30 minutes and not knowing whether or not you're going to feel anything again. You're going to get that feeling back in your extremity. So he's worked hard this offseason. He's put himself in a position... I think, to be successful in the Broncos. They brought him back on a one-year deal because if he can play the way that they think he can, they will add on more years to his contract going forward. And the Broncos could have some solidarity at the position for what seems like the first time in a long time. My man, Mile High Mario, he says, who is going to score the most touchdowns this year, not including Drew Locke? This is a great question. I mean, for me, I I think it would be almost obvious to feel like the generic answer for the Broncos would be either Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsey at the running back position, Cortland Sutton, maybe as a receiver, maybe Jerry Judy, but you got to factor in those guys are going to see a lot of attention. So who could benefit the most from the attention of guys like Corlin Sutton, maybe Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamlin, those guys are going to see maybe even Lindsey and Gordon out of the backfield. I think it's going to be Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant is going to score the most touchdowns this year offensive for the Broncos outside of the quarterback position. I think between the skilled guys, I think he's going to have probably, I'm going to project it here and you guys can save this audio clip. I think Fant's going to have nine touchdowns receiving this season for the Broncos. I think they're going to distribute it up evenly as well. I think Locke's going to have multiple touchdowns to Sutton, to Judy, uh, maybe even two to one of the running backs. And, and who, who knows? Who else is going to get involved as well? But I think that Noah Fant's going to be the guy. I'm going to predict nine touchdowns on the season for Fant. And look, is the, if the Broncos are winning games, that's great. But if the Broncos are putting up points, that's an even better sign for them, considering where we know where they were at in 2019. Our next question comes in from Nicola at Belfast Bronco all the way over there in Ireland. Appreciate you, Nicola, for always listening. You are one of my favorite listeners of Lockdown Broncos. I love all you guys, but Nicola, she's always interacting. I appreciate her as well. Uh, She says, I know this is probably off topic, Cody, but can you please explain where the Chiefs are getting this money and cap space? Does this signing reflect in any way on the Broncos' failure to sign Justin Simmons? And Nicola's referring to the extension at Travis Kelsey guy. I mean, it's a big day in the NFL George Kittle got an extension. Travis Kelsey now got an extension in the AFC West. And I think that overall, a lot of people are pinpointing to the big moves that Kansas City made with Mahomes, with Jones, and now obviously with Travis Kelsey. And they're wondering, where are they getting this money from? Now, the the cool thing about the NFL salary cap and having a collective bargaining agreement overall that expands over a certain amount of time is that you can front load some of the money, some of the cost, and you can offset it and spread it out throughout various years. So your cap hit is significantly less as it goes. Now, overall, I think as time goes on, I think that the cap hit for the Chiefs is going to be monumental. They're going to have to let some guys go. Now, they did, like I said, they extended. They extended Kelsey. But will they be able to extend Tyreek Hill at some point as well? I mean, I don't know if they can keep paying all these people this money because here in just a couple years, that cap hit overall, the cap space for the Chiefs is going to be drastically impacted by not only just Mahomes' contract, Not only Jones' contract, but also now Travis Kelsey's, which Travis Kelsey's wasn't as big in comparison to Mahomes, obviously, or even Jones' deal. But for the tight end position, they paid him lucratively enough to have some solidarity for the next five years at least with Kelsey in Kansas City. So uh, in terms of how this relates to the Denver Broncos, I don't think it's really an indication of the Broncos' failure to sign Simmons. We all know that John Elway, Justin Simmons both parties were apart in terms of overall money. Now, there were some times during this offseason where they had the framework initially in place, but then all of a sudden money would become an issue. There were times where the Broncos and Simmons were actually pretty close to getting a deal done, and then something would happen, and it prolonged the process in terms of overall guaranteed money, overall salary, so on and so forth. The cap hit year one, year two, so on and so forth. Rich Hurtado's got a really tough job being the salary cap guru here for the Broncos, and I don't envy anybody who has that job because I simply couldn't do it. I don't think I ever want to do that type of job because all that money and make sure all the numbers are correct. That's just too stressful on my brain here. But I do think that the Broncos, the biggest thing too, there was concern from the Broncos front office is that the uncertainty of what the salary cap situation was going to look like for NFL teams in 2021. That was a big concern. That was a factoring major concern here for why the Broncos decided not to get an extension done. Obviously that factored into a consideration there, but also like I mentioned, Simmons and Denver just being so far apart and overall money on the contract was the biggest deciding factor for them. Now for Simmons, he's in a great position. He's on a prove-it deal. He's going to come out here in 2020. He's going to play football for the Broncos. And if he plays at the same level or even better than he did in 2019, the Broncos are going to lock him up long-term. They want to lock him up already long-term just because the type of person he is, the type of leader he is in that locker room. But overall, he does deserve to get paid the value that he believes that he's worth. And when you look at his year in comparison to Eddie Jackson, who did receive the highest contract for the safety position, his numbers were better than Jackson's were in 2018. So you got to keep an eye on that. I mean, that's really what agents do. They go back and forth in terms of using that in negotiations, but the safety market will likely change once again. So, Nicola, thank you so much for your question here. John underscore BA says, who will start a cornerback other than Boye and Callahan, and what kind of role do you think Derek Tuska will have? John, I think that the uh, the other cornerback starting opposite of those two, I think is going to be Bosby, as I mentioned a little bit earlier here on today's show. I just think that he's the guy that's the most NFL ready in terms of just his size, too. I mean, he's got a size advantage over Isaac Adam. Yadam is six foot one. And Adam's a little bit smaller than your typical cornerback that you see in the National Football League. So to me, I think that really Devontae Bosby comes in with the advantage, even though the Isaac Adam has had more on-field experience in the National Football League in comparison to him. Yadam's been training really hard this offseason. But we'll see how things go. But he's one of those players that right now, according to people I've spoken to, Bosby has stood out in practice. So, I mean, take it for what it's worth. It's walk-through stuff. It's light. It's not as fast right now. So, he's doing the little things right so far. But, like I said, we'll see a lot more when the pads come on next week on August 17th. In terms of the role that Derek Tuska will play I, it's really hard to project right now him being the seventh-round pick, the last seventh-round pick overall for this Broncos team. I just don't know, considering their depth with Justin Hollins, with Von Miller, Bradley, Chubb, Malik, Reed, Jeremiah, Tauchu. It's just going to be really hard for him to see the football field. I, I think that it's not a bad thing. This could be a redshirt season for him. He still be in the locker room. can could still practice with the team. I don't think he's going to be practice squad. I think he'll be on the active roster. But anytime you have 10 draft picks, it's always risky trying to figure out how are you going to fluctuate roster space and everything else because the outside linebacker position for the Broncos even with Justin Hollis too I forgot him it is loaded they have a lot of guys there so unless one of those guys gets hurt or he just has an eye-popping performance in training camp and then maybe you could see him but outside of that I wouldn't expect to see too much of Tuska in 2020. Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to continue our conversation with the amazing listeners of lockdown Broncos in Broncos country for their questions on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. But before we do that, I got to remind you guys to check out the lockdown nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Ades and Matt Moore, the Denver nuggets this morning play the Toronto Raptors at 11 o'clock AM mountain time. If you listen to this podcast a little bit later on in the afternoon, what was the outcome of the game? Get all the X's and O's, the picket rolls of the Denver nuggets, courtesy of Adam Ades and Matt Moore of lockdown nuggets. Hope you guys are enjoying your Friday, wherever you're at in Broncos country. I tell you what, right now in Colorado, it is scorching hot. It is warm as heck, and I can't stand sitting in my car for five minutes. I just, I sweat, and it's just miserable, and I want it to rain a little bit. So I'm hoping for some rain here very, very soon. But Broncos country, appreciate you guys for listening to today's episode of the show. We're going to continue our conversation here on Fan Friday, taking questions from listeners in Broncos country. Craig Lettington, he comes in next on Twitter, at C underscore He says, do you think that the NFL... Needs a developmental league. Yes, Craig, 110%. I really think they do. And some people might call me crazy. I posed this question a couple weeks ago when it was announced that Dwayne Johnson was going to be purchasing the XFL that was previously went bankrupt. And unfortunately, I, I tell you what, I loved watching the XFL. I actually thought it was a nice relief to be able to see some of these players, some of these guys that were in the NFL for a little bit, their career sputtered off. But overall, I was really excited to see football in March. And the thing that stands out to me the most about the XFL. I think it serves as the perfect platform overall to be a developmental league. Now I know a lot of people are saying, look, it's it's not going to happen. More than likely it's not going to happen, but here's my idea. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, he is the ultimate businessman. This is a guy that develops relationships with people. He understands how to do it. He's got the Spencer Strassmore role going on right now. And with the XFL, if the NFL could find a way to produce some sort of feeder system From the XFL into the NFL and vice versa with practice squad players or guys that teams want to see a little bit more of in those specific target market areas. I think it gives you the opportunity because teams can steal from the practice squad as is. So technically these performances seeing these players play. In a feeder system, a developmental league like the XFL, it can give teams a better opportunity to see, okay, what can this guy do? What are his strengths on film? So on and so forth. That, to me, I think would be amazing for the NFL to have. I think the NFL has acknowledged and and is widely documented that they would benefit from a developmental league. I just think the overall logistics of them are very, very hard to decipher so far at this point, especially in 2020. All economic considerations uh, in factor there, really, with what's going on in the world. But I do think that the XFL is probably the closest thing, and I wish the NFL would find a way to partner with them. And look, Roger Goodell, guess what? Dwayne Johnson, he's a great guy. He's an ultimate businessman. He's got high character, ethics, integrity. Partner with somebody like that. I tell you what, the NFL will benefit tremendously if they were to do that. My man Dimitri says... Hamler fantasy relevance. I'm not quite sure. If I were you, at, at least right now, don't be going into your fantasy drafts, and I wouldn't I wouldn't even select K.J. Hamler at all in my fantasy draft, just yet. He may be one of those guys that goes undrafted in the fantasy world, because we don't know exactly how he's going to factor into the Broncos' offense exactly. We have ideas, but I think it would be very risky to waste a draft pick right now on K.J. Hamler. So wait, I would go with the whole route of picking him up, maybe as a free agent, keeping him on as a stowaway that way, you you know when he does, or if he does explode, you already have him there. So keep an eye on that, Dimitri, for your fantasy football needs. Orange and blue mama says, which tight end will be the biggest surprise this year? Does Winfrey make the starting roster? Does Dotson actually sit on the bench, or will he start in game one? These are great questions. I think that the biggest surprise at tight end this year for the Broncos, look, it could be it could be Andrew Beck, it could be a guy like Nick Vanette. Nick Vanette was brought in to be the primary blocking tight end here for this Broncos team, but you know what? He could be one of those guys that just comes out of nowhere and surprises people, particularly maybe in the red zone, maybe being a reliable passing threat. I mean, we don't know yet, but based on what we've seen, I think we'd all be shocked in terms of this question, what would be the biggest surprise at the tight end position this year? Does Winfrey make the starting roster? I don't think Winfrey makes the roster as a starter. Like I said, I think he's one of the players right now that has the most pressure on him to perform well in training camp. Considering the Broncos added all these guys, Tyree Cleveland, even in the seventh round, they could... Find a way to maybe replace him. Because look, Winfrey wasn't a top-tier draft pick as well. He was a late-round pick for the Broncos in 2019. I think you got to be maybe take a look at what he can do. He didn't have the year, didn't have the standards I think he had for himself, or even the Broncos had for him overall. Because in training camp practice, he looked really good. And then the preseason games, outside of that first preseason game where he caught the game-winner, He just didn't really flash. He didn't really surprise much. Then he got some on-field time this year as a gunner on special teams, and he struggled in that role as well. So we'll see about that. Does Dotson actually sit on the bench, or will he start? He's going to be the bench guy week one. Unless Elijah Wilkinson's ankle isn't 100% and he can't go against Tennessee, more than likely, Dotson's going to be a bench player here for the Broncos. And then in the event of an injury or anything like that, Dotson is one of those guys that could slide in at right tackle. And if it were to be, if Garrett Bulls was struggling, they'd bump over Wilkinson to left, and they'd have Dotson playing at the right tackle. Next question comes in from MPJ303. He says, how will the Broncos effectively guard opposing tight ends personnel strategy? I think you're going to see a lot of that out of the nickel and the dime package. I think that's really the Broncos bread and butter. I think they're going to go more so their base is pretty much nickel most of the time considering the defensive back personnel. A lot of it really does depend, though, on the personnel that the offense comes out in. For example, if they come out in 12 personnel, more than likely you might see the Broncos go in a nickel package. If they come out in 11 personnel, more than likely you'll see the Broncos be in their base or they could be in nickel. But if they go with a spread amount, just more wide receivers, we could see them go dime packages, Vic Fangio alluded to. But outside of that, I think it's really going to have to draw a coverage assignment between your zones. you got to drop the hook to curl areas, the curl to flats, and you got to be able to protect across the intermediate. That's really where tight ends go when you play zone defense. And if you play man coverage, you got to learn how to man up on a one-on-one, and that's more likely going to be the safety's responsibility. And it hasn't been the Broncos inside backers, at least in 2019. The Broncos linebackers on the interior mainly were lined up in coverage on the running back. Our last one comes in from KW Brown. They say, what do you think the odds are of Albert O getting more than 500 yards receiving? I think he'll have a bigger year than expected. Well, I tell you what, I'd be very, very shocked if Albert O had at least 500 yards receiving on the year. I project more so probably around the 300 total yards received for him because the Broncos, like I said, right now you got Noah Fan is the primary guy. Nick Vanette's the number two guy right now, at least on paper. And then Albert is going to be one of those guys, that we just don't know how he's going to be utilized just yet. We have projections that he's going to be a wing. He's going to be lined up in the slot. He, I mean, he could be lined up on the outside he could do a lot of different things and because of his previous experience with Locke I'm sure the Broncos are going to find a way to get creative but for him to get 500 yards I would be very surprised on that but I do think he'll have a big season in some role especially as a rookie I think a lot of people have these unrealistic expectations about maybe what he can do as a rookie look if he does if he comes in and let's say he gets 500 yards this evening to me shock. I mean that is going to be phenomenal that's gonna be very ridiculous considering the Broncos have a number one tight end who just got barely over 500 last season for the Broncos overall. But hey, Broncos Country, happy Friday. Appreciate you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Locked on Broncos on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, our good friends over there at Spotify. Just a reminder to go to BuiltBar.com today. Use promo code ON to get $10 off your next order. I highly recommend it. Like I said, 18 total flavors, 6 new ones that you gotta check out. BuiltBar.com promo code LOCKED ON. I'm Cody Rourke, your host, and we'll be back this upcoming Monday for a brand new episode of the show. Things are gonna wrap up at training camp. The pads are gonna come on next week. We're gonna hear from coaches. We're gonna hear from players. We're gonna react to it we're going to break things down like we always do broncos country enjoy your weekend stay safe love you guys
0: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today